Mecca like a high, Mecca hiney ho. Now everyone at home, Mecca like a high, Mecca hiney ho. Mecca like a high, Mecca hiney ho. The wishes granted. Long live Jumpy. Travel back in time to the eighties, reliving the advice. Carpe diem. Seize the day. The comebacks. Why don't you take a picture? It'll last longer. <laughs> and the technology. Are you telling me that you built a time machine out of a DeLorean? Because just like you, we're stuck in the eighties. Can you say stuck in the eighties? There's a lot of things about me you don't know anything about. Things you wouldn't understand. Things you couldn't understand. Things you shouldn't understand. And, <laughs> and what sort of a show do you put on for? The well, folks? I just you know I do do stand up comedy. I just go out and act funny. Uh huh. You know, you, know, <laughs> you remember, no one is as important in this community as Pee Wee Herman. If you couldn't laugh at Pee Wee Herman, then you couldn't laugh. The man behind one of the most iconic 80s characters has passed, but he leaves behind an amazing collection of work that we'll enjoy for decades to come. This is our salute to the late Paul Rubens. Pee Wee Herman was crazy. He was unpredictable. He was bizarre, mysterious, loud, a little loud. Odd and delightfully nerdy. I know you are, but what am I? You're a nerd. I know you are, but what am I? You're an idiot. I know you are, but what am I? 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 Infinity. He was also funny, lovable, lively, joyous, and utterly fantastic. The actor who gave life to Pee Wee, Paul Rubens, passed away Sunday, July 30th, after a seven-year battle with cancer. He was 70 years old. When his death was announced, a statement from Paul was also released. It read, quote, Please accept my apology for not going public with what I've been facing the last six years. I have always felt a huge amount of love and respect for my friends, fans, and supporters. I have loved you all so much and enjoyed making art for you, unquote. Wow, I can't imagine dealing with something like that privately for so long. I mean, some of his closest friends have come out and said, I had no idea this was happening. Um, but, you know, the other thing that's hard to get your head around is 70 years old, he seemed like the eternal 20-year-old. If if the obituary had said he was 50 years old, I would have believed it. If it said it was he was 40, I would have believed it. He didn't look like he ever aged. Yeah, he really didn't. That's the thing that's kind of creepy. Um, just like Peter Pan. Yeah, sometimes flawed, but eternally young. Do you remember the first time you saw Paul Rubens in anything? I do. Um, it's kind of embarrassing in a way. But back in the early 80s, late 70s, I was a really big fan, along with all my friends, of all the Cheech and Chong movies. Oh, yeah, come on. Dave's and- not here. I Anytime I meet somebody named Dave, that's what runs in my head is Dave's not here, man. <laughs> Shut up. In 1980, Paul Rubens played a desk clerk 
and Cheech and Chong's next movie. And it has this one, he has this one memorable series of lines. I've used it probably 20 times in the podcast over the 18 years. Uh, here it is again. I'm sorry I took the money. I'm sorry. That's fine. Now, I'm boys, sorry. all the money is here. Come along, Howie. And I just want to apologize so, to you so again sorry. tell you so how I'm sorry I'm I am about sorry. the mistake. And You're if there's sorry. anything at all I can do for you, I'm please sorry. don't hesitate to ask. Sorry. Come along, Howie. It's time for your lobotomy. I'm not sorry I took the money. Never apologize, Paul Rubens. Never apologize. I got to tell you, I don't think I saw him until Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Wow. Uh, which is an absurd, ridiculous movie that I absolutely revere. You don't want to get mixed up with a guy like me. I'm a loner, daddy. A rebel. I think it's a perfect movie. Well, let me think about that for There's a minute. There's nothing wrong with it. Yeah, I mean, it probably has more quotable lines per minute than any other movie I can think of from the 80s. What's your What's your go-to line from uh, from Pee-wee's Big Adventure? You know, I pity the fool that don't eat my breakfast cereal. <laughs> I like it at the end when they, he's riding out of the drive-in. And she's like, don't you want to see the movie? He's like, I don't have to see it. I lived it. Come on, Daddy. Let's go. Let's go. Don't you want to see the rest of the movie? I don't have to see it, Daddy. I lived it. So here's a little tiny bit of trivia about that movie. I realized the last time I watched it that I recognized the corner where he gets where he gets pulled over and the guy, the crook that's with him is in jail because he tore the tags off of mattresses. I know exactly <laughs> where that is. It's on my way to work. Oh, jeez. It's right off Interstate 5 in Santa Clarita. I remember watching the Saturday morning uh, TV show with my friends. Like, in, it was, I guess we were in college. Yeah, I mean, that cut across, for a children's show, an yeah. awful lot of adults I knew watched it. Okay, yes, I was in my early 20s, so, you know, I think of people in their early 20s as children now because I'm an old man, but that's not the way I was then. I, I I remember, I mean, it takes on a new meaning when you're in your dorm, it's Saturday morning, uh, the, the lounge smells like beer and poor decisions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, best kind of lounge. You're, and, you're, and you're watching Pee-wee's uh, Playhouse. There's something, it's, it's better than aspirin, mm-hmm. you know, for and It's good for what ails you. Look, Mr. Salesman. Who are you calling salesman? Captain Carl! Ahoy, Pee-wee! Ahoy, Captain Carl! Hey, just in time for snack time! Good! I haven't had a bite to eat all day! Ah! You and your secret words! One of these days... Ah! Come on, Pee-wee! What do you got to eat? I know! Let's play a restaurant! (laughs) I was always surprised when he would appear in other projects. You know, he's got that non-speaking role in Batman Returns Mm -hmm. where he plays, I guess he's the parent, the father of the penguin. Uh, He's in Murphy Brown. He was in the movie uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. He plays one of the uh, vampires, I believe. Uh, 
I, I was a big fan of the TV show, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, not so much the movie. Okay. So, and I think most fans would tell you that the TV series is oh, far superior. TV series better. Oh, it had some more space to tell the stories, <laughs> Narrative art. Josh, mm. Well, Joss Whedon, so, yeah. you know. But um, I, I, I have never really known where the character came from. Yeah, I just figured so, he sprung fully formed from his father's skull like Athena. <laughs> no. It was developed when he was a member of the Groundlings, which most people know is a comedy troupe in L.A. Is it still around? Uh, I don't leave the house, Steve. I don't know. I'm going to go with yes. <laughs> comedy troupe. God, do you remember, a, you remember what, at a time in our lives when that kind of information would be uh, relevant and important? Yeah. <laughs> According to the internet and Wikipedia, which, as we all know, is the source of truth for all things pop culture, it says the Groundling, Groundlings is an American improvisational sketch okay. comedy troupe, not was. So, yes, they still exist. I have never been to an improv performance, like, a, you know, with a, tr- a improv group. Yeah, I've been to comedy nights, but I've never been to an improv night. And it's so funny because in my work, like I get to the Steve voice in my, in my work, like when someone's taken an improv class, like some engineer oh, no. took an improv class, everybody's like, oh, well, you know, they took an improv class. Like, yeah, so I talk about fucking Pee Wee Herman on a podcast. Does it make me special? Uh, the night that Melissa and I met in Chicago for our first official, I guess you would call it a date. Was that the non-cruise uh, connection weekend? Yes. So we met in Chicago for two nights, and I had gotten tickets to see Second City. Oh, okay. That sure. first night. And we went to dinner. Where's and we Eugene to to second. <laughs> we were supposed to go. We did not make it. So mm, why is that, I'll Steve? Leave. The cocktail's too delicious. <laughs> the conversation was flowing. Ah, it was a wonderful trip. Anyway, excellent, excellent. No, no more need be said. The Groundlings, Pee Wee, uh, uh, Paul Rubens was a member of the Groundlings. He came up with that character uh, one night. I think he took him about ten minutes to kind of come up with the idea that there'd be that this awkwardly social, you know, man child who would try to tell jokes that everyone knew were not funny and that and that's how it kind of started off as a spiel like sort of a ridiculous um dark comedy take on a comedian yeah. and then from there he just started appearing on letterman and then the movie and then peewee's playhouse starts in 86 and runs to 1990 i mean it really morphed <clears throat> if you think about it from where its origins were uh to like you said this man child who just is like happy-go-lucky Kind of goofy, uh, you know, knows everybody friendly with everybody. Uh, you know, it, it's a, it's kind of a different, it's kind of an interesting path that the character took. If you look at the very first promo photos from Stuck in the Eighties, the podcast back in two thousand five, it's me and Gina Vivanetto playing with the Pee Wee Herman doll. That's right, I remember that. Yeah. Where did that come from? Garage sale. It was hers. It was hers. She was a huge fan of Pee Wee. So. I can't believe that I, she wasn't with us. She was only with us for maybe 20 episodes or so. I can't believe we didn't sneak in a Pee Wee show in those first 20. I don't know what we were thinking. <laughs> why, why we, why we waited. Well, you um, know, just one of those things, right? The, he, he later fun. came on and by the way, and did the whole Pee Wee thing on stage first in LA and then on Broadway. So, Oh wow. Okay. To, to finish thought. Didn't, wasn't he good buddies with, with uh, your pal from Devo? <laughs> well, I'm not sure I can call Mark Mothersbaugh my pal, but yeah, he really is. Um, he kind of gave 
Mother's Bar, his entree into TV scoring, and then that led to more TV scoring, and that led to movies and things like that. And Mark Mother's Bar, there have been a lot of interviews out about this last few days. He didn't know that he was sick. Huh. He said that he actually was interviewed, and he said in the Akron Beacon Journal, which is where I turn for Devo News, it was so shocking because, I mean, he would sometimes skip a dinner meeting or something, but he was always like that, Mother's Bar told the paper. He always had a little eccentricity to him, especially after he got arrested. Like, he came a little more reclusive, which we haven't really talked about that, but we can. And so sometimes he'd just say, yeah, can't, not going to be able to do it tonight. I'll see you next time. And, you know, Mother's Bob basically said, I didn't think anything of it because he was, that's kind of how he was. They'd been talking about projects they wanted to work on together. and He was quite surprised. It sounded like they were pretty close. I don't, yeah. And he does the theme song. He's the one who writes the theme he song. He wrote the for, theme song, and that was his first TV scoring job. And now wow. he's like, yeah. good grief. I don't want to talk about the, the mistakes that that Paul made. Um, They're well known. If you want to think about that, you know, I mean, every, everyone has everyone howls at the moon. You know, my favorite part of the TV show was the the secret word. Every episode, uh, they would have the secret word that they would tell you at the very beginning, and every time they say it, everyone's supposed to scream. Ah! <laughs> well, you know what today's secret words are, right? The, the seggies. Screaming, everybody. What's happening, hot stuff? Ah, by the sound of the gong, it must be time for mystery movie moment. And, and right now, if you're shaking your head going, I can't believe you're doing Seggies uh, during a memorial show. It's not a memorial show. It's a tribute show, and I think Pee-Wee would want us to do it. I'm on board with that. To me, that was that, that's why I love the, the show so much. It, there were certain things that happened in every episode. And just like with Stuck in the 80s, there are certain things that should happen in every episode. Like the cut uh, of your jib, sailor. <laughs> so, anyway, we will play a snippet from a movie uh, from the '80s. If you get it right, you're entered into the drawing for the postal-friendly bottle opener. Uh, from episode six six nine, here was the mystery clip. I was a tight end with the Philadelphia Eagles. Number ninety, Robert Muldoon. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> I had a great pair of hands. That's the world according to Garp. I don't know if we'll ever do a podcast about this movie. It's such a, um, I mean, it's it's full of amazing performances by iconic '80s actors, but it doesn't feel like an '80s movie. I'm not sure. I've seen it beginning to end. It was one of those movies that was on Cinemax, HBO, or whatever quite a bit, and I know I've seen sections of it because I recognize this clip, but I'm not sure I've ever seen the whole thing. I feel like I should just go read the book and call it a day. You should. I I went to see it in theaters. Because you're a highbrow dude. No, because I thought, oh, Robin Williams, how, how mm, hilarious Oh, yeah, it's going to be hilarious. Be? Oh, wait, this and isn't hilarious? No, it's not. <laughs> anyway, uh, we had some winners. This didn't really fool anybody, so Brad, do the honors. We did, and it is my pleasure to read them. I will not do them in a Pee Wee Herman voice, though, because that's a bridge too far. God, that hurts, too. <clears throat> yeah, I can't do that. 
I got to talk tomorrow. I got a bunch of meetings. Anyway, winners this week include Chase Squires, Matt from Fisher's Island, Kevin Pipewench, Don Hammock, Scott in Music City, Michelle D from Lexington SC. I like that. It kind of has a little rhythm, a little rhyme. Uh, Mommy, not mommy, M A space M E. Mommy. John Ross, Tom Corn in Austria, Dave the Cheesehead. Dave the Cheesehead's not here, man. Mr. Whiskey, Scott in Kansas, Lee from hashtag SF Bay Area 80s Cruisers, Chase Wash in Beaver Creek, John from Jersey, Commander Bourbon, Tim from Asheville, and Ken in Arizona. Nice. Commander Bourbon, it's always great to hear from him. I like it when we get both sides of the brown liquor, uh, you know, duopoly going, Mr. Whiskey and Commander Bourbon. Oh, God, have I told you that um, we're doing a dry August here? No. Yeah, so. Okay. We're just a few days into it. So. <laughs> we <laughs> we usually do dry Monday through Thursday, but Thursday often gets sacrificed on the altar of I'm breaking the rules. And last night was what is today? Today's Thursday. Last night, Wednesday night, I came downstairs from a 12 hour day slaving over a hot PowerPoint deck, and I looked Katie in the eye, and I'm like, I'm breaking the rules tonight. Just like, oh, okay, so am I. <laughs> <laughs> so we're terrible influences on each other. I I commend you, sir, for your uh, yeah. you'll start your stalwart uh, dedication to the cause. We'll, we'll see how it goes. I'll give you weekly updates on the podcast. I, I look forward to that. I I support you in this matter. <laughs> uh, anyway, in the meantime, here's this week's mystery movie moment. Yeah, well, maybe my balls don't itch. All balls itch. It's a fact. If you know it, email us at podcast at sits <clears throat> and tune in soon uh-huh. if you're a winner. <laughs> Can't do it. Uh, it's the mystical afraid of name that 80s tune. We'll play a snippet of a song from the 80s if you get it right. Again, entered into the realm of glory, the, the ring of honor, and uh, basically you get a postal friendly bottle opener. Dude, 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 guess what, dude, guess what, guess what? I got the new batch. They're here. They're going out in mass. I wrote like I, I wrote a like a perfect consulting fall on your sword. This is me, not you. Email to everybody that I owe one to. And now I just got to go down to the post office and get the boxes and get it all packed up so I can give them some like because I'm going to give them some extra love because some have been waiting a while. Throw some koozies in there, you know, maybe some uh, maybe some flowers from the garden. <sighs> Uh, anyway, from episode 669, here was the clue. That's Up Where We Belong by Jennifer Warnes and Joe Cocker. Not shocking in the sense that it was a song from 1982, and that podcast was about the 1982 documentary on the CW. And if you didn't know it, listener, I'm not sure you're listening to the right podcast. Because honestly, that song is so recognizable. Yeah, I know. I just, it's fine. I know. I, I don't I, mind. I don't mind it, throwing a cookie out there every now and then. That's, that's, you good, try that's picking, good for everything. Yeah, yeah. I just, you try picking a song from 1982 that no one's heard of and that we haven't used already. And, Six hundred and seventy episodes. I'm not saying you did a bad thing. No, sometimes <laughs> no, just, sometimes you gotta lay one out over the plate. Like, show me what you yeah. got, kid. Put this thing in the seats. Like, I want it. I want to read names. I want to read names all <laughs> day long. Do it, Spearsy. Do it. I double dog. I triple dog, Jerry. I'm jumping right to it. I triple dog, Jerry, to pick something so easy that everyone who listens will write in. 
and I will read those names until I am hoarse. You're just doing this to see if I remember the proper coding for a beep. It's 1K tone, 1,000 hertz. (sighs) Okay, read the winners. Here we go. The winners this week, each one of them special, each one of them fantastic, and each one of them is stuck in the 80s. Listener, here we go. Winners this week include... Jan stuck in Lawrence, Kansas, the tromboner, Kevin serving wench, Alan Titus, Jason in Memphis, Michelle O'Brien, Dave the cheesehead, Mr. Whiskey, Brent the chem teacher, Scott in Kansas, Lee from hashtag SF Bay Area 80s cruisers, Bluefest from San Diego, Anne in NorCal, Tim from Asheville, and Andrea, not Andrea, Krava. Should always be Andrea to me. Me too. You know what? I know somebody named Jan in Lawrence, Kansas. He couldn't possibly be the same person. We have determined that it is a Jan and not a Jan. Okay. Through careful combing of all public records. Let's go back and look at the email address and see if it's this. Per- it can't possibly be the person. We sent her a postal-friendly bottle opener, for goodness sake. Huh. She would have sent a message to me saying, Hi, Steve. It's me. Stop pretending you don't know me. But well, you know. So it can't be the same person. Anyway. Uh-huh. Let's spin the wheel, find out who takes home the uh, swag. The goods. Here we go. A one, a two, a one, two. But you got to start at the beginning. I go right to the one-up. Yeah. Uh, looks like it's going to land on Tim from Ashfield. Excellent. Uh, send us your snail mail address, and we will do something about it. In the meantime, here's this week's mystery tune. If you know it, email us at, come on, you know it, podcast at S-I-T-8-0-S dot C-O-M. That's for you, Chuck. You got it? Okay, cool. Podcast at S-I-T-80s.com. Take this job and shove it. I ain't working here no more. Oh, no, it's the sound of our new Seggy. Take this job and shove it. Why is this back? <laughs> because if I'm going to suffer, everyone's going to suffer with me. You know, maybe I could contract you to go to some of my meetings every day. I'm literally in 10 to 12 hours of meetings a day. Uh, I had a um, – <laughs> I wasn't planning on sharing this, but I'm still really pissed about it. I was supposed to have a job interview on Tuesday with a digital agency in town. Mm. And, okay, you know, I got a message on LinkedIn. Okay, it's going to be 2.15 in the afternoon. Okay, great. I'll be there. Uh, it's going to be a video one. Okay, fantastic. Super cool. So next day I get an email saying, or get a message saying, you know, send me your email address so I can send you the invite. Here, here it is. Complete radio silence since then. <laughs> Bastards. So I at, at 15 minutes before the interview, I sent him a note saying, "Hey, Steve, I have not get I have not received a in- invite yet. Did you?" And I was checking my spam folder. I know everyone's yelling, "Oh, check your spam folder!" I did. I was looking at it every second. Not there. Not in anywhere. And so I sent him a note saying, "Hey, uh, I haven't gotten it. Do you want to reschedule?" Not a peep. That was like four days ago. They don't deserve me, <sighs> brother. They don't deserve me. Uh, yeah, it's like a it's like a first date gone really bad. Yeah, if you treat people like that. When you're just talking to them, then like you don't want a piece of that. That's yeah. that's not the kind of action no. you want to be mixed in with. It's uh, not like I trail mix you. where there's some M and M's in there. No, it's like 
dog kibble. I hope by saying this on the show that I finally purged the last of the poison from my system, but I doubt it. Eh. Anyway, we we did get a letter from uh, Dave Rickenbach uh, sharing a bad story. So, Brad, you got time to, to read? Steve Spears, for you, I have all the time in the world, just like Diana Rigg did for uh, 007, <laughs> right before she got shot. Oh, that's yeah, a sad You got time to lean. Here you we got go. time to clean. Yeah. Thank you, McDonald's. Dave writes, I'm so sorry to hear about Spearsy getting laid off. It's never easy, but I'm sending positive thoughts, and I'm sure he'll be back on his feet in no time. I wanted to send my story for this take this job and shove it. Many years ago, I interviewed for a new job in the tech industry and received an offer with a pay raise and put in my two weeks low notice. See you suckers later. Fast forward to about three days before my last day at the old company, and I get a call from the recruiter at my new company told me, hey, uh, we just went through a reorg, and technically there's a job for you when you get there. I'm not sure I can guarantee how long that job's actually going to exist. This, of course, led to instant panic mode. Ah! (laughs) But luckily, I was able to negotiate with my old job. Yeah, be cool, Dave. Just be cool. Keep it on a down low. So... I was able to negotiate with my old job and even managed a pay raise out of them without telling them that the new job was basically gone, of course. Almost a year later, I get a call from a new recruiter at that same company saying, hey, I came across your resume in the files, and I think you'd be a great fit for a position we have open. I just started laughing and said, there's no way I was going to work for that company. And when she asked why, I explained what happened a year earlier, and her only response was, oh, I would hate us too. Have a great day. <laughs> Good luck, Spearsy. Wow, that's 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 a good story, though. I that guess, is, you, in a way. you got Moxie, kid. You got Moxie, Dave. <laughs> way to work the system. Anyway, uh, send us your horrible job stories uh, to podcast at sits dot com. Put uh, take this job and shove it in the subject line. We'll be right back after this commercial break. <laughs> He's back. Oh! Still the rebel. All I wanted was a measly sandwich! Still the loner. Oh, a little baby! Still the legend. Oh, it's Pee-wee! Pee-wee Herman. That's my name, Mace. Don't wear it out! Big Top Pee-wee. Rated PG. <laughs> Coming at you Friday, July 22nd. And we're back and sort of put the best thing for last here. We have collected our favorite moments uh, from Paul Rubin's career and organized it into a top five list, which is not the easiest thing to do. No. Everything he touched was pretty damn amazing. Um, But we will endeavor to at least, if you've never seen these performances, definitely look them up. You can find most of them on... Streaming, some of them are on YouTube. Um, but let's start with number five the movie Blow. What'd I tell you, Derek? It's great, uh, but what am I supposed to do with all this? Solid. Jesus Christ, George, I don't see you in two years and you show up at my door with 110 pounds of blow. Sell it, Derek. All right, but it's gonna take me a year. I can't. Feel my face. Wow. 2001. I wasn't allowed to go to the movies, then I had two-year-olds. 
Uh, Paul Rubens played a hairdresser slash drug dealer opposite Johnny Depp. Oh. And I don't remember how long I watched the movie before I realized that that was Paul Rubens in the role. And it's 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 not a not necessarily a comedy role, but it has his own little unique spin to it. No, but he definitely, yeah, he definitely makes the most of it. You can tell he's having a good time playing that role. Number four. 30 Rock. Ladies and gentlemen, may I present His Royal Highness, the Duke of Thuringia, Earl of the Duchy of Westphalia, Prince Gerhard Messerschmidt Rammstein von Hopp. Thank you. Thank you, all dear friends, for coming to my birthday! Wow, who's Snow White now? Brad, were you a fan of 30 Rock? Did you watch it? I haven't watched it, but I quote it quite a bit. Like, the the, the main one being of like, why are you in a tuxedo? I'm not a farmer. It's after six. (laughs) In 2007, Paul Rubens made a cameo playing Prince Gerhardt Habsburg. Oh, God, this clip is hysterical. It (laughs) is hysterical. You have to see the whole clip to realize he's He's got he's got a fake hand, a fake the tiny little hand. white plastic hand. Oh my gosh, that's amazing! I was dying. I was watching it earlier, and Katie's like, "What is going on in there?" Because your work is not usually that funny. Yeah, yeah. He uh, falls in love with Jane Krakowski's character at his own birthday party. Um, I'm trying to work my way through Thirty Rock. I, I've seen. I, I I didn't start watching it until like the very last few episodes, and then now I've restarted it and watching it on streaming. Um, but whenever they have a guest. Uh, yeah, I need to just go always, back and watch it. Yeah, it's really good. Number three. Pinocchio on Fairy Tale Theater. Pinocchio! Hey. Hi, Fred! Boy, we have a glad to see you. Oh, oh Mario. Oh, yeah, we're real glad to see you, Pinocchio. <laughs> hey, is it time for me to go and dig up my money, huh? Uh, 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 not yet. Yeah, but uh, soon. Real soon, Pinocchio. Yeah, right now we're on our way to the land of fun. You want to go? Oh, I can. I have to go and wait for my father. Hey, I don't think your father would want you to miss the land of fun. In 1984, uh, Paul Rubens played Pinocchio in an episode of Fairy Tale Theater. Did you do you remember that series? I remember it. I remember it being very well regarded. I didn't watch very much of it because in 1984, why am I watching Fairy Tale Theater? Exactly, exactly. That's the problem too. So I'm this chasing was on Shale. Show- <laughs> uh, this was on Showtime, and Shelley Duvall was the producer. She was occasionally an actor in it too. Um, but Paul Rubens played Pinocchio, the the wooden boy. And yeah, they've got him. He looks like a wooden boy, and they've got a nose that grows every time he lies. Yeah. No, no, um, I watched. A, I watched a little bit of it because the whole thing's available, and the whole episode's available on YouTube. And I, I scrubbed yeah. through it a little bit, and it was like, wait a minute, I, I know that voice. Who is that guy? It has uh, Michael Richards in it. Jim yeah. Belushi's in it. It's 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 definitely it's, worth what's was funny to me, and this is a little off topic. Was it's Italian. Hey, newsflash, Pinocchio, that's an Italian name. Um, everyone speaks with this really strong Italian accent that's just like, like I'm a making a fake a pizza commercial, except for Jim Belushi, who's just like, why would you want to do that? God bless the 80s and, and cable TV. Mm, good times. Number two. Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Good morning, Pee-wee. Good morning, Mr. Breakfast. <laughs> Can I have some Mr. T cereal? Okay. <laughs> I pity the poor fool. Don't eat my cereal. <laughs> I dare you to pick just one moment 
from mm. this 1985 movie. You can't do it. It's just oh, it's so good. It's so. Good. It's also it's also really it's so visual too that you're trying to pick one for a podcast. You're kind of you're having a fight with one hand tied behind your back. Yeah, it really is. A, it, it really is a feast for the eyes. That sounds like just so tropey, trope, tropey, but it just looks amazing. It's so just it's whimsy brought to life. Yeah, you. Some people. Some people covet the large Marge scene. Uh, there was a big shoe dance to tequila. Uh, proof that he's in Texas. The stars at night are big and bright. Deep in the heart of Texas. <laughs> but I think it's the entire opening scene where he's eating breakfast and you see his house for the first time. Yeah. I, to me, like I, if I could just watch ten minutes of a movie on repeat, that that's what I would watch. Tim Burton's directorial debut. Um, I think the number one here is a no-brainer. Number one. Pee-wee's Playhouse. I love my toys. Not going to marry him, though. <laughs> Another really tough call here because there's so many moments and characters to honor. But I rewatched the final episode today. And the cast freaks out because they see a for sale sign on Pee-wee's house. Um... Remember, the show ran from, you know, 86 to 1990, Five seasons, 45 episodes. The last episode aired on November 17th, 1990. <laughs> and it's, it's Pee-wee's house is for sale, or so we think. Mm. In any case, uh, we'll say goodbye now and leave you with Pee-wee's last words during that final episode. It's a promise, and we'll honor it by remaining here, hopelessly stuck in the 80s. What's all the screaming about? We demand to know why you're selling the playhouse. Selling the playhouse? What are you talking about? I'm talking about this for sale sign in the window. Well, where's the other part of the sign? The other part of the sign? What do you mean? Wait a minute. lemonade so big on this part of the sign that I had to make another one. This one must have just fallen down, see? (laughs) You're not selling the playhouse, Pee-wee? Of course not, Cherry. I wouldn't sell the playhouse for a million, trillion, billion, zillion dollars. We don't have to travel. We don't have to roam. Be ever so humble. There's no place like home. Oh, <laughs> thank you, Pee Wee. <laughs> hey, would anyone care for a refreshing glass of lemonade? Yeah, yeah. we would. Well, great, I'll be right back. To get some lemons! <laughs> the playhouse will always be here for everyone to play in forever and ever and ever. On that, you have my word! Yeah! <laughs> <laughs>